Hey everyone, welcome to 5am Voice. I'm your host, Bill Comfran. Today, we're here with Jenna Drummond, who is a senior at Emma Willard, and Bailey Tater, who is a freshman at Hudson Valley. Um, so uh, before we actually get into it, I just want to say a quick apology. I haven't been uploading for the past like two weeks or so because I've been out with COVID, but I've made a full recovery, feeling great, uh, getting back into the swing of things. So yeah, new episodes every Tuesday from now on. So yeah. So with that out of the way, how are you guys doing? Good. Feeling good tonight. How are you? I'm doing just great. <laughs> so so our topic tonight is communication with parents and more specifically not communicating with our parents. And I'm sure this is some something a lot of people can relate to. Um, you know, that classic, how's your day? Good. And silence for the rest of the car ride. So I first want to ask, what, what do you guys talk about your parent? What do you guys talk to your parents about? Well, I would say that I tell my parents, um, what, like, I tell them things that make me appear as the person I've created for them. So, you know, like, good grades I tell them those don't tell them the bad ones um things that have happened in my life that are bad don't tell them about those things because they don't they're like very into impressions and what people think about them so that's kind of been created in my household where I do that to them whereas like creating the person that would make them appear as the perfect family they want to be so that's been my experience I think that I generally can't do that because my parents will kind of they'll ask me certain things and I really can't avoid telling them so I do end up telling them those anytime those bad grades or anything bad that happens to me but I wouldn't say it's not willingly but it wouldn't be my first option so I just wanted to jump back to something that Bailey said. So you just, you said, you talked about something. Um, this is not an exact quote, but something about like creating the, the, the look of the perfect family. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, that's just, that's just a really interesting idea because, you know, everyone, I don't think anyone, anyone doesn't want to have like, you know, the, the movie the movie style uh family you know the mom dad two siblings and a dog and a cat or, or something like that and that that just brings up like a really interesting idea of just like not only do like kids want that not only do teenagers want that like the parents want that too they grew up thinking about like this is this is our dream and so I just find it really interesting that that you take that and you're like, I'm going to make it so that like, I'm not going to tell them these things because it's going to mess with that dream that they had. And just like, did, was that like a conscious decision that you made like a long time ago? Or, or was that just like a something that just kind of happened? I mean, it definitely started out unconscious. You know, I followed, I, I did what they said. I wore the cute beret and the little Mary Janes for a while. But, you know, it got to the point where I realized that things I was doing wasn't 
suited for that image. So I started to cover it up and cover it up. And then I realized that, yeah, I started thinking about my mom's childhood that created this image. And I thought, oh, well, now I have to keep it up, you know? (laughs) You can't stop now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so also, um, just real quick. So Bailey is actually technically still a senior at Columbia, but she's just taking a lot of classes at Hudson Valley. So, you know, just don't, it's not like she's still in college and living with her moms or something like that. Like, like she is, she is a high school student, just uh, a smart one. So yeah, just wanted to clear things up. <laughs> so now that we have like what you do tell your parents out, like, I guess like, take it easy on this one but like what what don't you you tell your parents or what do you want to tell your parents but you just don't feel like comfortable telling them I, I guess there's a better way to put it uh definitely my sexuality for me like that's the main thing I mean there's a whole lot I don't talk to them about but definitely this is something where we know it we know what it is but we don't we don't mention it I mean I got a I, we acknowledge it but like very rarely and it's kind of something kept on the down like my girlfriend they use different pronouns and everything and it's like it's covered up for sure but we know it's true that's something we don't I think that the thing I mainly don't talk to my parents about are like my relationships and I don't just mean like romantic relationships I mean like even with my friends like if I have a problem with my friends I don't usually tell them about it I've found that it usually doesn't go well yeah I agree with that one (laughs) they try to fix things in my scenario they try to fix things yeah try to like tell me what to do and that's just not what I need at any point in my life they have good intentions Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like a intention versus outcome type of deal right yeah (laughs) Jenna, you 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 said like you don't talk to them about like with whoa, you don't talk with them about your relationships and uh, whether that be romantic or just friendships or um, you know all the other types that I, I can't really think of right now. <laughs> but like, what what uh, let's let's just take uh, friendships for example because that's something I'm more familiar with. What what exactly do you not? like want to tell them about because from my point of view we're all some pretty great human beings who you should definitely be bragging about to your family 24 7 i mean come on now i think it's mostly it's it's mostly if i have like some sort of conflict with them because they don't have all of the context for it and they'll take it out of context and they usually suggest something that's not if they don't have context, then it doesn't make sense and what they suggest won't work. And then they kind of know a part of me that I hadn't intended on telling them and I only did to try to get some help and then it didn't work out. Is there anything preventing you from telling them the full story? Uh, I feel like partly they just, this is so cliche, but like they wouldn't understand coming from a different generation, a lot of things. Um, that I would be telling them. That also brings up another really good point of just 
the generation gap. I mean, <laughs> my grandfather grew up in a time where he just like went on a cross country road trip. He just bought a car at like 19 and just drove around with his friend. And stayed in like half built houses. It was it's crazy. And that was just kind of normal back then. And then my mom grew up, uh, my mom and dad grew up in a generation where it's like, you know, as long as you were home by dinner, like they didn't really care what you were doing. And now it, it seems like, you know, if you don't go without texting your parents every five minutes, you, the, they're calling the the cops on you and, and saying like, go find my kid. And so, yeah, that's just, it's just really, it's a, it's a big part of like, obviously it's a big part of, a, of growing up, right? But you, it begs the question, like, you know, you had fun during your childhood and like, like, why, why are you putting so many restrictions on me? Right. Yeah. I mean, I know my mom, like, I guess she doesn't talk to me about it, but she had so many things happen because of that. So now it's like cycling back. Now I get all of the intense helicopter parenting, you know, following me in her car and tracking me and texting me 24 seven. So, I don't know. That probably played a part, I guess. It's kind of strange because my dad was, what you said, Will, like, he grew up in a time where he would, at, like, age 12 or something, he would just disappear for a day on the weekend to go to his friend's house or, like, go to the woods with his friends. And as long as he came back by dinner time, it was fine. And his parents didn't really care where he was. But my mom is from a very Italian immigrant family so my grandparents were a lot more strict um so but somehow that ended up with them both kind of being uh pretty restrictive on me so I had never thought about it that way until Bailey said that but it is kind of strange that they both had such different childhoods, but it ended up being the same outcome for me. If you could choose, we have like these like helicopter parents and then I don't really know the right way to say this, but like the opposite. Um, so if you could just like choose, would you still choose the helicopter parents knowing that with with all the restrictions, there is a level of safety, I guess, to it? Or do you just want the parents who are like, just don't die and and that's about it well i would definitely choose the don't die i mean i feel like i'm pretty biased but um yeah i feel like if i were given more trust from my parents or at least like they respect me enough to know that i won't do dangerous things then that would make me a much more stable person in the long run my first outcome or my first <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Finish your thought. <laughs> I couldn't remember the word I was looking for. <laughs> what what is that? Hold on, I have to do a quick Google search. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna say this. Alright, alright. Um my first reaction, my initial reaction is just to say like the, the don't die parents, but probably having parents that were more 
on the spectrum on more of helicoptery. It really sh- probably shaped me as a person since my childhood. So I think I would be a very different person now if they had been less restrictive. And so like now, if my parents were suddenly a lot more trustful in me and backed off a little, I know that I could trust myself and I wouldn't do anything dangerous and I would just use it to have some more freedom. But if I was that different person who never had the restrictions since I was little, I don't know if I would be the same person I am today and if that would be a good thing. And I think that's interesting. Like I've had, like my parents weren't strict until a certain event in my life and then they totally flipped. Um, So I've grown up on like pretty relaxed parenting and I turned out okay. Um, You know, I, I was able to do the AP honors classes, you know, all that and stuff. And then when they flipped the switch, I think that took a turn for the worse. So I feel like I've gotten a little bit of both worlds and I'm able to confidently say I would choose the don't die parenting. So we got the part where what we got what you don't talk about, but why don't you tell them? Um, honestly, I just, I don't want to be interrogated. I don't, it's almost like being a lawyer for yourself. Um, I guess, or at least being on the stand. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't feel like having to have all of these explanations backed up why I was doing this, like what I was doing, having all of this information ready to go prepared for every question they would ask, which they would ask a lot. So it's almost like, and it's like protecting myself. I don't want to deal with that constantly. So might as well just keep the things I want them to know and get rid of the things I don't want them to know. Um, A big thing for me is that I think my parents have really high expectations for me, which is, you know, a good thing, generally. But um, sometimes it makes you not want to tell them things that could make them disappointed in you. And when their expectations are so high, that's such a big range of things. It's like they won't accept anything but the top. So you try to cover up the things that are below that, but that's usually really hard for me. So going back to what Bailey said about being a lawyer, right? And I think I think a surprising amount of people would relate to that. Now, I'm not saying that I have to become a lawyer just like every time I tell my parents something, but you know, when I'm trying to convince them to let me go uh, drive a kind of far distance to see my friends, right? I have, like I write pages of notes and stuff like that on on why it's cool for me to go there you know and it's it's annoying like like in a sense i i understand why they're concerned right so many things go wrong but also like this is how you this is how like you grow up like this is um what is it birds right they they don't fly until they like take a leap of faith out of the nest like this is this is our leap of faith our teenage years are our leap of faith and we have to learn if we can fly or not fly there's a different word for that but probably shouldn't say that uh they need to let us like make mistakes what what'd you say jenna 
Oh, I was just going to add that, like, they have to let us make mistakes and figure out how to avoid those mistakes by ourselves. Yeah, and, you know, like, I don't think we're, we're saying that, like, that we shouldn't rely on our parents or anything. Because at the end of the day, they are our parents and they've lived more life than us. But, but we're supposed to learn, like life life is not easy and, and we're supposed to learn how to navigate it right and if you just get spoon-fed all these different answers for these exact situations you're not actually going to learn how to navigate life and so like we're not saying like don't go to your parents like if someone gets shot in front of you you know you're probably going to want to go tell your parents and what what should you do in that situation but you know if if you get into a, a huge argument with your friend right and and they are like you're freaking out and they're freaking out and all this stuff like your parents might be concerned about that right but at the end of the day you should be the one who figures that out because that's how you learn and that's gonna come back and um so that's definitely a downside with helicopter parents but also on the, the other side of the coin you know like Sometimes you really need that parental guidance that those not helicopter parents don't provide you. So, you know, it, it's it's uh, two different sides of the coin, I guess. So Jenna brought up high expectations. And that's another thing I think we can all relate to, uh, whether it's set by uh, our parents, uh, you know, a figure in our lives, even ourselves, you know, and sure letting yourself down letting your parents down letting someone you respect down it's not easy and it's even harder to tell them that you know it's it's one thing to fail and it's, it's another thing to tell the world that you failed so early way back way back jenna said that she kind of said something about like if she's asked directly she she feels ob obligated to answer and so I'm guessing that even when she doesn't meet those high expectations that her parents set for her, she still tells them because they ask her about it, right? And so how do you tell them, like, like just walk us through the process of just telling, telling your parents something like that. Like, let's say they expected a 96 on a test and you got a 73. Just what goes through your mind when they ask you what you got on that test? What like, how do you respond after, like, you tell them just all that stuff? Well, I mean, I'm not, the first thing is I'm not going to lie about it because my philosophy is just that they're going to figure out, figure it out eventually, especially my parents, because they'll be looking at my grades. Um, and obviously, if I got a 73 when they were expecting a 96, it probably means that my overall average is going to be a lot lower than what they expect if I lie. So I'm not going to do that. Um, so I just have to flat out tell them and then they'll obviously get concerned over that. Um, I, and then of course they ask if I studied enough. Uh, another big thing is they say like, if you were struggling that much, why didn't you get help? And I, don't, I just have so many things going on. If I ended up getting that low of a grade, it probably means that, I don't know, that I 
I was trying as hard as I could with what I had at the time. And I don't know how to communicate that to them because they seem to think that I should be at 100% all of the time. But that's just not possible. This is kind of going to be a little bit of a tangent, but with the world going to quarantine again, it seems like. Thank you for that, uh, UK. I, it, it feels like a lot of people see, see teenagers, especially high school students, at their computer for like 18 to 20 hours a day, right? And they just expect 18 of, to 20 hours of work just, just out of us. Because we're at our computers, we might as well be productive. But it just seems like they don't like adults don't really understand that like sitting at your computer for for 20 hours a day does not equal 20 hours of productive work. Like I could stare at my supplemental questions for colleges like for 20 hours. That does not mean I'm going to write beautiful answers that I spent 20 hours on. Like odds are I'm going to spend 19 hours just staring at a blank piece of paper and then the last hour just grinding them out uh so i just wanted to you know get that off of my chest and my mind or whatever so let's go very far back in time let's go back to before you guys were born and your parents are like you know prepping for you to be born and all that stuff and you have a time travel machine and you go back and you're like hold up we have to talk and and you know everything you know right now what what are you going to tell them to make your life better, to avoid pointless arguments or to avoid terrible mental health down the line? What what do you tell them? Don't do it. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> I don't think they are. I don't think they are today. <laughs> Just go to a therapist first. Okay. <laughs> Um, I guess I would just say that, okay, I guess I should give some context. I am an only child. Um, actually, we're all only children here, so, yeah. Um, but my parents wanted to have more children, and they were only able to have me, so I think that actually added some, like, extra pressure on me. So I would just say, like, I, I'm not like some precious cargo, like I'm a person and I think that maybe they need to think more about that I'll make mistakes and I won't always be right. Sometimes I will be right and they'll be wrong. That's, that's rare. I will say that. <laughs> but like that I'm, I'm, I'm a person, so I'm going to be unpredictable and they can't kind of set the highest standards for me and also for themselves through being a parent. As Jenna said, we are all only child, children, child, children, children. <laughs> um, and I guess it's kind of tough for us to talk about life with siblings versus not with siblings, but yeah, I, I do see, I do see that. I mean, especially in Jenna's situation where parents wanted to have more kids, but either they, they couldn't or financially couldn't or, or whatever. And that, I think she's definitely right in the sense that it puts more pressure on that, on that one kid. Right. And, and sure we could say like, 
I mean, I have a lot of friends with siblings, right? And they're always like, you're so lucky with the only child life and blah, 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 blah. But in a sense, like, you know, all, all our parents' attention goes to us, right? Whether that be good or bad. And I just wanted just just uh, create a hypothetical scenario where you have a brother or sister or maybe two brothers or sisters or whatever. And just how do you think your life would be different in that case? I mean, I definitely wouldn't want one. <laughs> I I wouldn't want to compete with another person in the household. I mean, it's not necessarily for attention, but I don't want to be the worst sibling you know, I want to be the better one. And that's just too much pressure. I mean, it's pressure being the only child, but I definitely wouldn't want the pressure of being either worse or better than the other one. <laughs> when I was little, I always wanted a little sister and I don't really know why, um, specifically. And then as I got older, my parents were like almost on board with adopting, um, and then when I got older, I started saying, like, never mind, scrap that, absolutely not. Um, I'm the pride and joy. And But then I think probably in the last year or so, I started thinking, like, I want a sibling now. <laughs> um, it's a little late. It's a lot late. But um, I think that my parents would be more understanding if they had another. I've always thought that. Um, if there was another sibling because then they wouldn't only have me to base everything on but also I I think this is kind of straying from the topic but certain things would be more, I think more enjoyable like family trips they kind of get old with the same three people that's sounds mean but like and even around like Christmas time like I'm the only one really in my age group in all of my extended family. And if I had a sibling, I think that that would be a little bit more enjoyable for me. Yeah. Yeah. Family gatherings. That is quite an interesting time. So for me, I am the youngest on my mom's side and I'm the second youngest on my dad's side. And on my dad's side, the, the youngest is like three or four years younger than I am. And everyone else is at least two years older than me. So it wasn't terrible, but it sucked. You know, I, I remember thinking like, man, like, especially at family gatherings, like, man, I wish I had like literally anyone my age to, to hang out with. Right. And this was, I guess, more when I was younger, because we didn't really see my dad's side of the family that often, but on my mom's side, the closest two cousins to me are both girls. So that was an interesting time <laughs> for me. So wait, so Bailey, do you have any, like in, in your extended family, do you have anyone who's like close to your age, like within a year or so? No, I have a very small family um, and we don't see each other that often. So it's kind of just been me. But I've been all right with that. I kind of prefer it to be that way. So Jenna, do you prefer to have like a big extended family? Because I know you guys get together like an absurd amount of times. So, <laughs> um, I don't. I have. I do. I have one cousin 
that is six months younger than me. And then the next closest of any of my cousins on either side, I, I think I have about 14 cousins. I haven't counted in a while. Um, <laughs> and we do see each other pretty often. And the next closest is six years older than me. I have a cousin that's, I think, over 20 years older than me. So definitely very strange. Um, I'm the only one in any sort of, like, I'm definitely, I'm the only one in high school on one side of my family. Um, and that's kind of been lonely, especially when we meet up so many times. I feel like in a way I've had to mature faster a little because I was always talking to people so much older than me. And now that I'm, my, my older cousins are actually, are having kids now, and I'm usually in charge of them now. So um, I've had to mature at those events in a, a lot of different ways pretty fast. But like overall, would you say like, do you enjoy that or would you prefer to have like a smaller extended family? Oh, I like having a large extended family. I would just like it a little better if there was someone closer to my age. Haley, why... Why do you prefer to have a smaller extended family? Um, I don't know if it's really extended family, but I definitely don't want a sibling. Um, as far as my family, like, it's not big at all, but it's never been an issue. It's just kind of been, like, I see the same, if we visit any family, it's the same five people. And that's fine by me. Would you prefer that, Jenna, if you just saw the same five people rather than your entire family? No. <laughs> I've just I've just been raised in such a huge family and like with quarantine happening, you can only see so many people at a time. We try to limit that and also I mean ideally just not have those gatherings. But like the last time I saw people, there I only saw four people from my family that weren't my parents. And that's that's pretty much five. I I don't know how you do that, Bailey. I do <laughs> not. There's like no one there. That's strange to me. <laughs> All right. So going going back to why don't you talk to your parents about um, certain things? For me, I feel like there's a kind of a factor of trust, right? I feel like I am an amazing driver. Let's just get that record straight right now. I have never gone to an accident once. Uh, I always drive at the speed limit. <laughs> um, but but let's just say I got into you know a, a small like uh, chip paint off the car or whatever. Nothing crazy, right? If I told my parents that, their level of trust in me would definitely decrease uh they might be like okay maybe just like uh we're gonna set up like a camera in the car or something like that just in case or, or something like that so i think that's definitely a factor into why don't we talk to our parents you know it's like we built up a level of trust with them over for me 17 years and you know i definitely don't want that to break over one stupid little thing that I did, right? So it, it's just easier to avoid that situation entirely. But is that like true for you guys or am I just crazy? 
Um, I would say that it's more of the trust on my side. I, they have, my mom and my dad have severe reactions. So I would say that I, after a few times, I've learned to not trust them necessarily. Uh, so I wouldn't tell them things because I didn't trust that they would be able to handle their reaction and handle their emotions. So that's the way it's been for me. Um, and, you know, there would be some privileges taken away, things like that. But it's not necessarily about that. It's what happens in the moment of me telling them. I agree with that, too. I think I wouldn't trust them enough to have a good reaction to me telling them that. And that's just, that's kind of disappointing. Would you prefer for them to have, like, no no emotion whatsoever, just, like, stare at you? God, that would be so weird. But would you prefer that to them, like, freaking out? Or, because for me, like, I don't want them to freak out, right? But I, I want them to show, like, to show emotion. Like, like, that would just be weird in a different way if they didn't. So would you prefer that? Or, like, I don't, like, would you prefer, like, toning it down? Or would you just, do you think it would never even change regardless of the situation? Um, well, I definitely wouldn't want there to be no emotion. Uh, I mean, then I'd be like, okay, so you don't, care about my life no matter what I tell you there's going to be no reaction but uh the way it's going right now definitely isn't working so don't exactly want that either there's way too many of just like three emotions um and they're not that good so I mean I guess tone it down or just to learn how to keep the bad ones under control and because you know they're my role model they're who I see so that's I've based off like the way I am now is based off how they've handled things with me in the past. And, you know, whether that's good or bad, it's just the way it is. So I feel like if you shouldn't have extremes with a child, but also I don't know because I'm not a parent. Um, this just kind of reminds me of uh, a story I read once where um, these two parents adopted uh, a teenager and she was having like some major adjustment issues. She hadn't had a hard life and, but her parents understood that. So if she would act out and do something that pretty much if I had done, I would have been like exiled to my room for the rest of my life. Um, but her parents were very understanding. Um, and it was kind of weird to me reading that to think that parents could be like that because like I said like I would not get away with that but also I mean very different circumstances um but that did make me think a lot about um parents kind of regulating their emotions when something happened that they didn't like with their child um so I guess I would say maybe not no emotion but maybe also just not even on like a spectrum from no emotion to being angry, but something entirely like entirely different that's just more understanding and taking like a kinder approach to that and realizing that it was a mistake and there was like a reason for it and not 
because I was specifically being negligent or something. Yeah, that would definitely be helpful. I mean, definitely the, um, okay, what's the reason behind it sort of thinking. I think that's what we need more of. I've thought about this a lot, right? And I don't know if you guys have, but just if if I ever had a kid, right? Like, how how would I like it? How would I like? I don't even know how to put this. Like, would I yell at him a lot or her? Um, would I like be like super understanding or like like if you had a kid, how and if you had a kid, right? And they let let's give two different scenarios. Let's say first they got an F in math, right? The entire year they they failed it. How would you respond to that? And the other scenario is they punched a kid in the face. Yeah, sure. Um, so as as a parent of hypothetical kid, how are you responding to those two scenarios? <laughs> well, I'm 17, so I'm not too sure uh, how my parenting would be. But from what I've learned, yelling, especially for grades, yelling isn't an option because they learn from you. And if they learn that, you know, you don't have to control emotions like these because you know, you're entitled to your reaction, I guess. But if your reaction is hurting your child, then that's because you couldn't keep it under control and you didn't take the necessary measurements to make sure that you are responsible to handle this sort of situation in the first place. So maybe you shouldn't have had a child. I don't know. Just my thinking. Um, so I wouldn't yell at them for that because, I mean, the way our school system works anyways is kind of stupid it's not their fault or if it is their fault then you know we work on that together because it's not them fearing me it's us respecting each other and working to better their lives and make sure they have a future they're happy for happy with so i mean yelling what's that gonna do make them not tell me things in the future uh so it just doesn't seem like that'd be too productive as for the uh, punching a kid in the face. <laughs> um, I guess I want to know the reason. I want them to be able to talk to me. So I want to know everything that happened without interrogating them. And then I guess see how to avoid these situations further. Like, why were you so angry? Why are what what made these emotions come up? And what made you think that violence was the answer? Because where did they learn that violence from? You know, was it me? Um, so that's something that we both need to work on together then to make sure it doesn't happen again. It's about, I think it's about working together with your kid. Yeah, with what we just talked about, you need to know the context for both of those situations. Like, obviously, if your kid got an F for the entire year, first of all, you should have probably realized that before the end of the year. Um, but also, there's obviously... A reason behind that either they're not understanding the material or something else in their life is preventing them from doing the best they can in that class um or maybe they just aren't clicking with that class and maybe they need to do something different something something's wrong obviously um so you have to find out what's going on behind the scenes before you can fix it same with them punching someone like obviously that wasn't unprompted um both in the moment and like Bailey said like where where they find 
where why did they think that violence was an answer or i mean obviously it could have just been a knee-jerk reaction to whatever the situation is but you don't know until you find out um so i guess just finding context the most important thing to fixing those situations we're running a little bit low on time so i just wanted to ask one final question and uh, I can I can set the scene for you guys. So in the future, we have everyone once a year is invited to a huge coliseum somewhere in the world that can fit like probably like 8.2 billion people at that point. And you have been invited to give the opening remarks to whoever else is speaking, right? So basically you have the entire world as your audience and you can say one thing and this can be i ate uh oatmeal for breakfast or the most life-changing quote you've ever said so the stage is yours the entire world's your audience um <laughs> virginity is a societal concept i guess <laughs> <laughs> um I would say things are going to get better. Believe things that are, are going to get better. All right. So thank you guys so much for being on the show. Great conversations. Yeah. So again, this has been Bailey Tater and Jenna Drummond. So yeah, guys, thank you so much. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>